theyeshiva.net. So, what did we learn? One of the main points the Maimah has been exploring is that when we speak about our relationship with the source of life, with the essence of truth, with the source of reality, with the core of reality, Hashem, there's three ways in which we can describe the interaction between the divine energy and the universe and every person individually. And it's always important to emphasize, we say there are three, there are three um, ways in which we could describe the interaction. So that's a very important qualification, three ways in which we can describe the interaction. Because a person can get confused. Right, a person can get construed as though there's this three dynamics in the source, when really Hashem Alekeinu, Hashem Echad. You're dealing with something that's one, not only one, it's the ultimate oneness, what's called Achdus Hapshuta, a oneness that is completely completely um, beyond uh, divisibility and fragmentation and pieces. You also say one body, for example. The Rambam says this. We say one body. A body is one. An organism is one. And it works in tremendous unison, which makes it an organism. The word organization, organized. It works in, in, in symmetry and synthesis. But... There's so many different limbs and organs. There's diversity, and they come together. Yeah. There's one team, and there's one party, and there's one nation, and there's one country. So that's, as the Rambam puts it, it's a oneness, but it's mechulak lechalokim harbe in Hilchis Yisaydi Atayr. It has many different parts. Here we're talking a much deeper type of oneness. So when we speak about all of these different uh, dimensions, he always says, Kama pchines. Pchines is always the word. And what pchines means, it's, it's ways in which we experience the interaction. It's different states of consciousness that come from Hashem causing His energy to be able to be experienced in different ways based on the perception and ability of that particular world or that particular created being. So what are the three? The three ways in which we interact with the source of energy, with the core of energy. So the language was you have this Mamali Kalalman and this Saiv of Kalalman. And then there's something even beyond Saiv of Kalalman. Mamalek Kalalman is an expression in Zaya. He fills the worlds. Saif of Kalalman, as we said, encompasses all the worlds. And then there's that which is even beyond Saif of Kalalman, which he calls Makif Limakif, or Ratzoin Liratzoin. Sometimes it's called Atzmos, the essence. Or he calls it not Keser, but the, not the regular Keser, but Pnimiyasa Keser. Or not Arich, but Atik, these are different terms that are used to describe the third dimension. 
which is even beyond Sev of Kalam. And all three, what do they represent? Hashem is one. You say, Mamala Kalam and Sev Kalam, you're not talking Chas Vashalem, two different sources. You're talking about one. But the meaning is there's the way the divine causes his energy to be manifested by the world in a way that we can call it Mamali Kalam. That we define it as Mamali. Why? Because this is basically the energy that not only unites with the universe, as he calls it Mazain, Chiyus Pnimi, it's digested, it's ingested, it unites with you. It becomes the very definition of the universe. And every universe has its own definition. And every creature in every universe has its own definition. There's, we call it consciousness. A human being has consciousness. Consciousness is a very elusive term. We don't know exactly what, what is consciousness. (laughs) They still debate what is consciousness. It's more mysterious than revealed. What is this consciousness? It's a very uh, complicated sugya, maybe one of the most complicated sugyas. But there's a certain experience of I that a person has. The question is, do animals have that same experience of I? They also have consciousness. It's an animal consciousness. How does it differ and how is it similar to human consciousness? Do other other parts of the universe have consciousness? However you want to describe it, but there is that energy which becomes so one with you that that becomes my definition. This is how I describe myself. When I consciously want to think of myself, this is how I describe it. Where is that coming from? This is what we call memalikalam. It's the, the way Hashem allows and causes his energy to be filtered, to be uh, channeled, to go through many restrictions and limitations and concealments until it becomes the definition of the creature it is vivifying and vitalizing and, and creating and sustaining and relating to. So, that's why it's it's called pnimi. Pnimi means that it's internalized in the deepest form of internalization. What's the deepest form of internalization? That I can't distinguish anymore between me and the chiyos. I am the life, the life is me. To the point that a person can even error and not know where the source comes from. They can attribute it to many, many different factors, which is all part of the tzimtzum, the concealment that the energy goes through, that it lends itself to be interpreted in this way or that way. But the common denominator, when we speak about Malakal Alman, is it's that, it's the mazain, it's the food which is converted into the very substance of the existence that is absorbing the food, digesting the food, and the food literally becomes who you are, becomes who you are as you define that you in a conscious way. And over there, no two creatures are ever the same. Because that's what Malik Alman is. Malik Alman is that Hashem wanted that the chiyas, the food, for every single nivra should be distinct, it should be different. 
Just like every single person eats different foods, eats different amounts of foods. Everybody has their own metabolism. Even in the healthiest of situations, we're not talking about addictions. That's another parsha. Every person, every animal, every creature, it has its its food. Some people eat a lot. Some people eat a little. They said some people eat very minimal. Some people eat this type, that type, different tastes. What do they say? Al tam vereach, ein lehitvakeach. Everybody has it's every. It's common denominators, of course. We all need. We all need water. We all need certain vitamins. We need nutrients to live. There's a common denominator. Everything in Olam HaSiyah has a common denominator, just like we all occupy space. But you're dealing here with endless diversity. This is where individuality reigns supreme, where the prat, it's all of the, the prat, the individual, is so significant, because that's what Mamali means. Mamali means that if this is you, it means there's, there's a special divine energy that has been manifested to create that you. That you is not a mistake. That you is not a, a, a random uh, mutation. That you is not an insignificant blimp on a surface of infinity. That you is invested with divine value, with divine significance, because there would be no you without Mamalakalam. That is Mamala. That is the way the divine is transformed into you, into I. Verstehst? <laughs> it's inside like food. <laughs> the manly is food. <laughs> Gotta eat it, you have to digest it. Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're opening up a Pandura box. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know evil people what's their listen it's a complicated suga no question I'll just say one line I don't want to really discuss now evil in the world it's a whole uh, it's a whole just what everything everything lives from divine energy if there wouldn't be divine energy it couldn't exist yeah however the divine energy sometimes goes through so many concealments and let's call it Golos. It's sometimes called Golos. When somebody's in exile, yeah, somebody's in prison, and they're making you work as a, re- as an, as, as, as a prisoner, as an exile, you're working for your enemy. You may be working for your enemy, right? You're not present there emotionally. You don't want to be there, but your energy is sometimes being manipulated and used to, to feed, to feed the enemy, right? So sometimes the, the energy comes into what's called in Svarim, a state of exile, a state of, of gullus, where it's giving nurture and sustenance and vitality to that which is using the vitality to betray the very source of the vitality. Like a child using the money or the gifts received from parents or from a mentor to, you know, to betray, to betray that source and to betray their very true self. There's an expression in Tanakh, huh? Yeah. So all impurity, all tumah, all impurity uses, right, the energy of holiness for causes or goals that are antithetical to that very energy. And that's the process of of, of exile, really. That's what exile means. That's what gullus means. We speak about gullus hashchina. 
in different forms, in different manifestations, sometimes it's in the most, most extreme. There's a story in the Tanakh where David is escaping from his son Avshalom's mutiny. It's a very sad story, you know, where the son rebels against the father. And Shimi ben Geira curses of David HaMelech. The expression is, He curses him, not just a curse. The Gemara describes, he said about him five things, Nimretzes, Amamzar, Itzayach, he said the worst things about the king, he was the king. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so David's close general wanted to kill him. So David said, no, Hashem Omar Loi Kalel. That's the words. For Hashem Omar Loi Kalel. God told him to curse. He had him some matin teire, where God says, in Chumash it says, Loi Sekalel. You're not allowed to curse. No, especially Nasi Ba'amcha is a special tzivoy. Nasi Ba'amcha Loi Sayer. Hashem Omar Loi Kalel. God told him to curse. So the Balatanya explains in Tanya, Geris HaKodesh, in Simon Chafei, the fourth section, chapter 25, is Hashem HaMalekala, what David HaMalekh meant was that there's a chiyus aleki, there's a divine energy at this moment that is giving him the ability and infusing him with the energy that allows him to utter these words. It's not just Shimi Ben Geira is a lost, uh, is a uh, loose cannon Ultimately, if this is what's happening, there is some divine purpose and intention, which doesn't turn Shimi ben Geir into a tzaddik, into a saint. But it allowed David HaMelech to look at it from a very different perspective. V'ashem amalei kala. Some ideas by Korah, uh, by, excuse me, by Bilam being Mechavi, there are moments that there are Meyuahs to certain Right. Yeah. Yodeya Das Elyon, about Bilam, Kalim, yeah. So, the opposite. Yeah. Bilam said wanted want Kalim to to exterminate the Jews. So Kalim is saying is Kaved Leiv Mayach, which is the opposite of the human of the human um, uh, human hierarchy, which is Melech Mayach Leiv Kaved, where the brain precedes the heart and the liver, and here it's Kalim, which is Kaved Leiv Mayach. It's in reverse. So what's the what's the summation of this? That this is the type of of of, of energy which is mamish compared to mazin, and that's why in Yiddishkeit it's the element of Torah, because real Torah, real learning is that which redefines you as a person. You say a Torah yid, yeah, a Torah cop, a Torah yid is not a Jew who observes Torah. That's something else. That's the definition of mitzvahs. Torah, like food, is supposed to become you. It, a person learns, it's a mindset. It creates what we call new neural pathways, new paradigms, new perspectives. I become a different person. It's a little bit of a mystical idea, but it's, it's interesting. They say a story about the shach, the sifsikoyen who wrote the commentary on Shulchan Aruch. He's known as the Shach, which is Rosh Tevis, Sif Sekoyen. His name was Rabshab Sekoyen. He was one of the great uh, sages of his time. He lived during the Xeris of Tachvetat, 1648-49. 
when Bogdan Chmolenetsky, the Cossacks, massacred Jews in Poland in what, till the Holocaust, was considered one of the worst, uh, blackest moments in Jewish history since Churban Bayersheni because of the amount of deaths and the gruesome types of deaths. There's a whole story with the Shach and his daughter. It's one of the famous, I think, books. Yeah, the Shach's daughter or something. He had a very, very hard life. And uh, his commentary on, on, on Shulchan Aruch is a fundamental uh, cornerstone in the world of Halacha that still studied Shach Taz. So there's a story about the Shach. It's like one of these stories that uh, when he was a young man, he was learning, he would sit there in his father in his father-in-law's home, and he would learn. It was called Adam of Kest. Son-in-law would live by the father-in-law who supported him. And he sat and learned day and night. There were always the select who were suitable for this, and they, they did this for many years. <laughs> so he would go up to the roof to, to, uh, to meditate, to reflect, to think. It was very quiet. It was away from the whole uh, hustle and bustle and noise of life. And he would walk there. So the story goes that once the Shah was walking on the roof, and he was so fatracht, he was so engaged in his thoughts, he didn't realize the edge of the roof. The story goes that he walked off the roof onto the other roof. <clears throat> he walked off and he went to the other roof. That's an old story they used to say about the shach. Mm-hmm. So somebody once told me, I never actually saw it printed. I can't even verify, but somebody once told me that the Lubavitcher Rebbe once told somebody that People say, stop, it's a miracle. He said, actually, it's deeper than a miracle. He says, not some, some, he walked on air. He walked on thin air. Okay, another miracle. He said, it's actually something else. He says, the Shach's whole Metziahs became Torah. The Shach became Torah. And Torah is not subjected to the laws of gravity. <laughs> The Shach, the Torah, became his whole reality, became the reality of his body too. <laughs> the laws of gravity dictate that if I walk off the roof, so gravity now takes the body and brings it down. But that's because of gravity. He says, an idea, Ruchnius, is not subject to the laws of gravity. <laughs> the Guf is the laws of gravity. The Shem is not the laws of gravity. Ruach HaBehema Yeredis Lamata. Ruach HaAdam is Eulah Lamayla. It says in Kohelis and Ecclesiastes. Ruach HaAdam Eilu Lamayla. Right? Ruach HaBehemi Yeredis Lamata. So the Shach's whole Metziahs became Torah. Became Torah. So therefore he, he didn't fall. So, so what's this idea of Mazen? It becomes who the person is. It becomes your definition. And that's why there's the unity that exists through Limud HaTorah that doesn't have its parallel in any other component despite the great beauty and extraordinary component of mitzvahs. So that's how we touch Mamaleh. There's Saiv of Kalalman. What did we explain about Saiv of Kalalman? Saiv of Kalalman is also divine energy that infuses every creature and all of the world, just like Mamaleh. As we said, Saiv doesn't mean it's not here. Its relationship is such that it's called Saiv of not Mamaleh. What's the difference? The difference is, we discussed at length different examples. 
the difference of the musician and the conductor, the difference of the teacher and the military commander, the difference of the passenger and the pilot, etc. In a person himself or herself, it's the difference, what he says, between Ratzin and the Ten Kaichas. Ratzin is Keser, desire, will, and the Ten Kaichas, the Ten Faculties of the Soul, Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Gori, Teferis, Netzachad, Malchus. Their relationship with the body is different. An example, if a person, for example, wants to become a dancer, a person wants to become a dancer, I'm just giving an example. You can give any example, something that requires skill and practice. So dancing has a rhythm. It has a skill. It's an art. Just like when a person wants to become an artist, just like if a person wants to become a pianist, a musician, a pianist, a violinist, a drummer, or playing the cello, or a person wants to become a basketball play, player, or a football player, or professional hockey, or soccer player, and the ultimate athlete, or a boxer, <laughs> or a chiropractor. Why don't you already talk uh, tachlos? I, I, all these things. I'm just. I'm, I'm trying to bring it out in the body because it'll be clearer. I'm talking about arts within the body. So, so those who are familiar with this, it takes. It takes a lot of a lot of time, effort. As they say, ten thousand hours of practice. To really master it. To really master it. Uh, now, a person could learn could could learn it all. You could read the books and learn the theories. You could learn theories of music. And you could learn how a piano is made and what you have, and Taka know it. But until you sit down at the piano and practice and practice and practice, it's not going to work. You'll tell your fingers, play the piano. You know all the rules. It's not going to work. As he said, 10,000 hours of practice to perfect a skill. Whether it's basketball, whether it's the cello, whether it's the dancing, whether it's the painting, the drawing. What What is it? I already know what to do. <laughs> I know what to do. The answer is, you know what to do maybe on one level. Your fingers got to know what to do. The p- Playing the piano is very, very intricate. I can't command my fingers to play the piano. They have to, they have to become uh, absorbed with the information until it becomes almost second nature or first nature. The same is true with the athlete. It's true with running, especially it's true with different sports. Yeah. I can just learn the theories and be in shape. There's the practicing and practicing again, where your feet and your hands are like Talmidim. They become students who absorb the information. It's internalized with them. And this can only come through a tremendous amount of practice. But there's something else in life. I'm sitting and giving a shear. And I want to say something and I lift up my hand. How did that happen? It also came from the brain. The brain has instructed through its nervous system to the nerves in the hands for it to lift, get, to lift itself up 
for the sake of, of, of uh, impact or influence or to make it clearer or to demonstrate vitality and so forth. In fact, anything we do throughout the day or we don't do is a result of a commandment of the brain. We call this rotzoin, desire. Move your feet. Don't move your feet. Move your hands. Go here, go there. Whatever you want, whatever you're doing in life. But here we see a fascinating thing. That the way the koyacharotzoin works with the body is not in a way that it takes hours to perfect the skill, to perfect the art. Rather, these things happen instantaneously. What's the difference? Why are there some things, I want to do it, <laughs> 10,000 hours of practice, my friend, and then I'll meet you on the court. <laughs> Where so many other things of life, I want, and it gets done by the body. And the, exp- the explanation for this in Oisius, the Oisius of Lakutatayris, this is the difference between Koyach Pnimi and Koyach Makif. This is the difference between Mazoin and Lavush. This is the difference between Mamale and Soivav. I can't give a Shein and turn to my student, you understood? And he says, no. Understand! <laughs> now I understand. There was a Rosh Hashiva, a very big literature Rosh Hashiva. His name was Rav Gustman. The Sadek Kedushan of your parents, no? <laughs> Rav Yisrael Gustman. You remember the Sadek Kedushan of your parents? <laughs> he was on the Besden of Rav Chaim Oizeg Radzensky in Vilna at the age of 17. He wrote a set for him, Kuntresi Ashiuram. He was a big guy in a real great literature Rosh Hashiva, Rav Gustman. The previous Lubavitcher Rebbe appointed him as Rosh Hashiva of Lubavitch, in 1946. So one of his students, the Rav of Melbourne, Rabbi Yitzchak David Groner, told me about Rav Gustman's shiurim. So he said, Rav Gustman got one so excited, but he felt that none of the boys understood the vart. And he wanted to, he wanted to understand the vart. So he took his glasses and he broke them. <laughs> And he says, and we all understood. <laughs> he took his glasses from his structures. He wanted to show how serious it is. He took his glasses. I, like, I guess the glasses were part of the shear. <laughs> I once met a bacher and I just saw, so he told me that he had a Russian His name was Ralph Kaplan in Lud. So he was a very vadimate person. And he had a, he had a heart, it was hard for him to understand. So he asked him a question in Taisfus once. Rosh Hashiv explained it to him. He says, Fashtei, Tamevin? He says, no, I don't understand. Again, you understand? No. A third time. He was really trying to explain. He said, I don't understand. So after three times of explaining it, the boy started to cry. So Rosh Hashiv took him and gave him a kiss. <laughs> so he said, and I understood. <laughs> and I understood. Okay. So that's on some level. But we all understand I can't command you to understand. Why not? Because understanding by nature, what is it? Is that it becomes you. I command you to understand could mean it can apply to things where you could surrender yourself and submit yourself to the authority and follow. When the military commander says, march, you don't have to agree with him. You don't have to understand him. 
All you have to do is have the ability to lift up your feet. I you disagree? I you think we shouldn't march? I you think we should go left, not right? We should go backwards, not forwards? I'm the commander, you're the soldier. We can have the conversation at a later point. But right now you listen to me. In other words, what's necessary? What's necessary is submission, not internalization. You have to internalize what I'm saying. You don't have to internalize why I'm saying it. But if a teacher does the same way and says, you don't have to internalize why I'm saying it, then you never learned. This, this mushroom which you're giving about picking up the hand during your shear, which is a natural thing, versus learning something from practice, in terms of that distinction between those two types of rasson, wouldn't this be a better spark to explain the difference between sovave and what's above sovave rasson, which is above das and rasson? Because you mean it's unconscious, because you mean it's unconscious. Yeah, right. Both of these are examples of Ratzon, but it would seem to me that the, the better Sushtel would be between Ratzon of Das, which is the practice, which is, you know, uh, you want to call that Sovei. Okay, so let, let's not give an example of something. Un- you're saying that's often so unconscious, yeah? But I want to do something. The Gemara says, <clears throat> it's not a Gemara, it's an expression. We don't exactly know the source. There's nothing that stands before Ratzin. Nothing is as powerful as Ratzin. In other words, what would they say? When there's a will, there's a way. You want to do something, you get it done. Because Ratzin has, so to speak, the authority that it dictates, like a commander. And all of the limbs and all of the organs and the entire body is under that authority of Ratzin. And therefore, when there's a rotsan, when there's a desire, I will respond. And I will follow my rotsan. I may not be in the mood, I may not agree, I may not understand, but if this is what you desire, there will be an effect. But, rotsan is not a koyach pnimi. And therefore, if you want to teach the organ, if it has to become something that the organ owns, then it's a different process. It can start with Ratzon. I want to go to classes and master this art. But now you have to learn it. So it's much like a student. You can't be content with Ratzon in order to be able to have somebody internalize something. What Ratzon can do is cause them to be mevatel, their identity to the authority, to the higher authority, including to your own Ratzon. I'm not in the mood. I don't want to practice today. No, practice. You know how the Chinese mothers force their kids to practice piano, right? (laughs) Or the coaches force the teammates to practice the sport. Non-stop. I don't want to. But your Ratzin appreciates the value of it. So you go ahead, you do it. So it's triggered by Ratzin, but the process is one that you have to absorb. Why? It's like forcing somebody to eat. You could force somebody to eat. (laughs) It's a very complicated process. It's ultimately about you. So therefore, the worst thing a teacher can do is, I'm commanding you to understand what I say. (laughs) The moment you do that, it's not education anymore. You could command me to sit in my seat. They always did that. You could command me to point. I don't know how much it helps, right? But you can't command me 
to internalize, to understand. Why not? The answer is because I say, okay, I'm, I'm surrendering, but it has to become me. If it's to become my mind, you have to work with my mind. So now you have to tailor-make your information to my personal individualized identity. So I say, ah, I got it. And now it's yours. It's not mine anymore. That's what a real student is. The student himself could become a teacher. But the military commander who says, march, what happens there? He doesn't need you to internalize the commandment. Why? Because the nature of the relationship is not one that you have to absorb the commandment for it to become you. That it's your identity. It doesn't have to be your identity. On the contrary, a soldier means that you surrender your identity, your individuality to the cloud, to the army, to the commander-in-chief. The best proof of that is that when you finally chak what the teacher has been trying to teach you, when the moment you chak it, it's all in you. It's all in you. Nothing, Nothing with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, always. And there's a smile on the child's face that you can't replicate. You could scream at him how many times you want. And teachers sometimes who are not great pedagogues do that, right? Like, some of you can, can share some stories, like... Yeah, but it's a different type of bittle. All learning involves bittle. <laughs> If you just want to be a couch potato. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The 10,000 hour rule is because it has to become the definition of your fingers. It can't remain the Rotzoin's authoritative will. It has to become Pnimi. That's called Pnimi. Pnimi, by definition, you have to get off your high horse and go into the universe of the recipient. It's never about you. It's about the recipient, the student. That's always the cloud. And if it's about you, quit your job. Yeah. Right. Who, who did you mention? Rav Gustman. Yeah, was Isaac in a, in a bunker. They killed the Nazis on the Right, right. So that was Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be an example. Yeah. doesn't have to become the definition of that which is implementing it. On the contrary, the power of Rotsoin is that it has the power of authority that despite the fact that it's not the definition of the one who is receiving the commandment, it has the ability to overpower it and cause it to surrender and submit. And we all know this in life, that willpower is so important because that basically says, this is what you got to do now. Yes, yes, yeah. It's a different status. It's a different status. The soldier will say, but I don't understand it and I'm not in the mood and I didn't internalize it. It's irrelevant. It's actually destructive. You can ruin the entire effort. And the same is true in our life. There's certain things you can't tell yourself to do. you got to learn how to do it. And the more you get upset at yourself and angry at yourself, you're going to have setbacks. Because the definition is it has to become one with you and that's a long process. Pnimi is a long process, always. Internalization doesn't happen like this. 
It's like inspiration. People want, you know, go like this and I want to be inspired. You're never going to be inspired. Maybe I'll be inspired and you think you're inspired living off other people's energy, which is always a great mistake. But sometimes we're so desperate for oxygen, we start living off other people's oxygen. The problem is it's going to get depleted in an hour because he's going home. (laughs) Mouth to mouth is pikuach nefesh. Yeah, you got to live off other people's oxygen. But you can't live on mouth to mouth 24 hours a day. Well, the Baratanya was very into this. Why? Because he always said, you have to eat. I can't, you can't eat for me, right? Your mother can do everything for you. And if she's a Jewish mother, she does try to do everything for you. But even Jewish mothers have not figured out how to eat for their children. <laughs> they would love to. They would love to, right? They worry for us. They get sick for us. They're miserable for us. They get depressed for us, but they can't eat for us. <laughs> At some point, you gotta say, you're you. You gotta figure out your own life. But, but I want you to understand the oisius. That's what pnimi means. Pnimi means it's gotta become you. And that means it's never about me. Soiviv means, soiviv is the opposite paradigm. It's a completely different relationship. And in life, each one has its tremendous place. What's the relationship of soiviv? The exact opposite. Soiviv is all about the mashpia. It's not about becoming the definition of the mekabel. It's not that the mekabel, the student, absorbs it, that it's his information. We all know great students become teachers in their own right to the point that they can give over the information and nobody even knows it comes from their Rebbe. Why not? Because if it's really yours, it's really yours. It becomes yours. We have a special commandment, Chazal say, But if I really, really internalize something, now it's my brain, now I get it, now I can give it over like I own it. Because I take own it. If it's pnimi, I own it. You may have inspired it, you may have taught it to me, but it became me. And once it's me, it's already independent of you. That's the beauty of a real student. A real student is somebody who becomes his own teacher. A great, what do they say? Small, small people, small leaders create followers. And great leaders create leaders. Because that's what a real teacher does. A real teacher gives the student not only, uh, direction and commandments. He gives them the very foundations upon which he developed or she developed their own paradigm so that you in your own right can now become a leader. You now have the ball. You can run with it. He doesn't keep the teacher, the student, uh, always attached. Those are smaller teachers, but great leaders, they love their independence and that's their to tribute to them because it became really yours. And if it becomes yours, it's yours. That's all mamale. That's the way the divine energy becomes you. <laughs> and God has to go through a very, very big process for this. It's 10,000 hours of practice. <laughs> To be able to, to minimize, to condense, to limit the energy until it enters my brain, my chemistry, my DNA. It's the way the divine is compressed into the DNA of your organism. Saiv of Kalalman, what's the marshal for that? Ratzin. How does Ratzin work? 
I want. I want, therefore I am. How does Mamalik work? I think, therefore I am. I want. No, so you want. And Ratzon has the Kaya Chashlita. It has the Kaya Chamem And that's why you'll see Ratzon affects every part of the body identically. Ratzon says, now I want you to read this, uh, this book. I want you to read this document. It can't force me to understand it, but it can force me to read it. I don't mean force. I mean compel. It also has equal impact on my arms and on my legs, always in an identical fashion. Why? And doesn't take a lot of time. Why? Unless the person is ill, meaning there's a, there's a, there's a cutoff. There's a disconnect. But if there's no disconnect, the entire body identically from the top to the bottom are equally subject to the influence and authority of willpower, and they all respond simultaneously, it's like soiviv. The highest and the lowest are equal, because what does this represent? This represents the power of infinity. Ratzon, I don't need to limit the energy until it's internalized within your vessels. What is Ratzon looking for? Ratzon is looking for the surrender the commitment, and in commitment, everybody could be equal. <laughs> you can have a million soldiers, and they all march the same way, even though they have a million different personalities. How? They'll never understand it the same way. They'll never assimilate it the same way. They're different. But Rotson brings out what? Rotson brings out? You're bittle to the Rotson. You're surrender to the will. In surrender, everybody can be equal. <laughs> In internalization, no two people can be equal because everybody is different. In zich, in I, every I is different. In nishzich, everybody is the same. In the negation of I, in the transcendence of I, we're, we're the same. And what about uh, Atzim? When it's red zones, but it's red zones. Uh, oh, good, good. So what, what is this in the relationship with Hashem's energy? This is called Saiviv. Yeah. What's Saiviv? Saiviv is there's the divine energy in everything that is infinite. It's not limited to the definition of the creator, of the created. And that we call Hashem's will, Hashem's desire. Just like my will ultimately rules my entire organism. And if a person says, no, 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 I only believe in Pnimi, not in Makif. You can't live a normal life. Yes, if you want to become a basketball player or a dancer or an artist or a musician, you can't just say, Ratzai, Ratzai, Ratzai. It's not going to work. <laughs> the stick, what is it called? The stick and the carrot. The stick and the carrot style is not going to work. But to wake up in the morning and I want to do snooze, 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 and my mind tells me just sleep, and my heart certainly tells me sleep. And this is where willpower comes in. This is what you want. This is what you do. You may be in the mood. You may not be in the mood. How many people go to work in the morning because they're in the mood? Unless you mamish love your job. And even if you love your job, there are days that you don't love your job. So Ratzin is the fuel. It's the engine behind so many things in life. A person, moment a person loses will. And the relationship with will, ultimately, all our creativity and our success and are going to be stifled. Any ambition is going to encounter resistance. 
and you always need that attribute of will, of desire, and it's not only when there's resistance, it's throughout the day, throughout the night. Ratzon governs so much of our life. And that's the value of it. The value of it is that it's an Ur Makif. It doesn't consult the organ that it's dictating. It doesn't speak to the toe and say, let's talk about your mood and about your composition, about your process. But if you want me to become an expert in uh, toe therapy, <laughs> if you want me to become an expert on dancing, indeed, I have to work very, very much with the detailed composition of my foot and of my leg. And I have to practice and perfect the skill. Why? They have to become students of the Kayach Pnimi. So in the relationship with Hashem, this is that which encompasses the whole world identically, from the highest to the lowest, just like Ratzin encompasses the whole body identically from the highest to the lowest, because its relationship is not one of finiteness, where it limits itself, its relationship is one of what? Where it retains its infinity. And everybody receives in the identical fashion. So it's not pnimi, it's called levush, makif. Makif doesn't mean it's not inside of you. Makif means it's inside of you, but it's not tailored, it's not filtered, it's not restricted. Condensing itself to the limits of your identity. It retains its unique infinity, and you respond to that. So when I don't get snooze, and I say I have to go to shul, I do long rings, and I do get up. I'm sensing the Ratzon is still in me, it's contained in me. Of course, the Ratzon is everywhere in the body. <laughs> the Ratzon essentially is everywhere in the body. Everywhere. But it's still a thoughtful thing. It's not a... Yeah. Not like- but this is all conscious. <laughs> this is all conscious. I want to do it, and I'm going to do it. I'm not in the mood, do it anyway. It's not Pnimi, that's true. You can't tell your student... I want you to understand. You say, okay, I understand. And when that, and by the way, I should tell you, in many classrooms, that's what happens. And that's why so many kids come out with nothing. They never understood. They were just told you have to understand. You have to make believe you understand. And you want to fit in, so you nod your head. And that's why it says in Prakyovis, If you're ashamed, you're never going to learn. Because most people stop, I can't say most, many people stop learning at some point because The process of learning requires what they would perceive as shameful. I have to be vulnerable. How can I come over to you after an hour when you schwitzed and lifted up your hands and screamed and almost broke your glasses and say, I didn't understand a word. And then you open yourself and you make yourself vulnerable to the person saying, why are you such a goylem? Or thinking, why are you such a goylem? Yeah. In school, we once had a teacher... Let's put it this way. He didn't have a PhD in pedagogy. And he once turns to the class and he says, I'm greater than the Maharal of Prague. Maharal of Prague had one goylem, I have 19. And then he said, Maharal's goylem didn't know how to speak. And my goylems know how to speak. It's a great boost of self-confidence for the students. So at some point you just nod. If you have a good head, you pass the test. Maybe you do well. If not, not. But it's not a process of pnimi. The process of pnimi is one in which you have to mummish work with the kalim of the makabal. Soiviv is not that. Soiviv is rotsoin, but it's conscious. It's always conscious. I want and I respond. The different parts of my organism respond to my will, my desire. 
Now the question you can ask is what makes desire? Why do I want certain things? Why do I want to wake up in the morning? Why do I want to go to the class? Why do I want to go to the gym? What makes a Ratzon? And what if you don't have a Ratzon? How do you make a Ratzon? Those are good questions. In other words, what is the mechanism of Ratzon? But true Ratzon is always higher than the spheres. It's rooted in a place that's higher even than Chachma. It's the crown on top. Real Ratzon is on top of everything. But that's all conscious. <laughs> conscious means I consciously have a desire. I really want this. I really want this. And let's say you want to go to medical school. You want to become a dentist. You want to become an accountant. You want, I really want this. You know it's going to be work and work and work and work. But without Ratzon, you're not going to get anywhere because it's going to be hard. A person wants to finish Shas. <laughs> they say from the Satmar Rebbe, the Divri Yoyal, that he said in this generation, he says a lot of Bokrim, they want to know the whole Shas in one night, and they want to sleep that night too. <laughs> okay. I have a desire, I want to finish, I want to get this done. I can start the process, but I can't learn Shas through Rotson. I have to learn Thras through Seichel. <laughs> Unless I don't understand a word, which some people do that too. <laughs> But this is all conscious. What do I mean conscious? Conscious means it's revealed, it's manifested. This is what I want. And if I want, my body will respond if it's a healthy body. And if I'm a command, I'm a commander in chief, Rutzen is like a commander in chief. I tell the soldiers, go, and they go. They go. Why? Because the relationship is one of what? in which I am not limiting myself to your vessels. If I would, the soldier would say, no, 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 I have not made peace with this commandment yet. I don't care if you made peace with this commandment. No war can be fought with the haskam pinimis of every soldier, with the internalization. It's not going to happen. Even in Israel, and Jews have opinions, trust me. But the success of an army is what we call Kabbalah. So you have to have some submission to authority. The common denominator here is that it's a conscious relationship. What do we mean by conscious? Conscious is it's a manifest desire that's revealed. This is what I want. I know what I want. There's something else finally. <laughs> that's Pnimi Yisakasa. Now Pnimi Yisakasa gets very tricky. Because Pnimi Yisakasa is that which is not Saiv of Kalaman. You see, the definition of Ratzon is desire. Desire what? Desire whatever you want. Now I desire to pick up my hand. Now I desire to run a mile. Now I desire to go make a call. I may understand, I may not understand, I may appreciate it, but I have a desire to something. In other words, desire is defined by what it wants even though the Ratzon remains aloof and sublime. What makes you a commander-in-chief? What makes you a military commander? That you have soldiers under you who are following you. In other words, you're defined by the relationship, even though you're above. That's called soiviv kal almen. You're defined by the world, but you're above. But then there's something called the Pnimius of Kesser. And the Pnimius of Kesser would be that... To put it here, not Rosh Virishan Lenet Salim, but Pchina Tachtoina Shabamatzel. Kesser, as he said, is the intermediary between the essence of infinity and the world. So you have the way Kesser becomes the beginning of the world. 
the top, the hierarchy, the Kesser, the Rotson. That's like the Rotson in the body, which is the commander-in-chief of the entire organism, and the entire organism is under its rule, under its authority. And that's how we get so much done. And there's nothing in life that doesn't have Rotson in it. If there'll be no Rotson, it wouldn't be. It's always on top. It starts with Rotson on some level. Alignment. Alignment is a... Alignment, yeah. Okay, we'll uh, be mafs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where does Rotson come from? That's the question. Real Rotson, where does it come from? So that's the Rotson beyond the Rotson. My mentor, my mentor told me there's two things in every successful leadership. There's willingness and ability. You have to be willing, you have to be able. You could be willing, but if you're not able, you're not able. Hey, you're able, you're not willing, you don't be honest. That's the relationship. So what's the So he said for every project you need willingness and ability. If you're willing and not able, it's not going to work. If you're able and not willing, it's not going to work. You get it? If you're able and not willing, it's not going to work. There's no fuel, there's no oxygen, there's no relation, there's no, uh, there's no oomph, there's no neshama. Rotson is the, it has to have will. If you're not able, you could want from today till tomorrow. You don't have the kalim, you don't have the vessels, you don't have the... (laughs) You understood better? Because you were confused last time. You get it? Now the question is, where does this Rotson come from? (laughs) <laughs> oh, so the Ratzin comes from a place that's unconscious so we call that superconscious. so that's the Ratzin of the Ratzin the Ratzin behind the Ratzin but we can't have conscious access to it not because uh, yeah, not because of our inability not because we're trying to repress it not because we're, we, we want to destroy it but because by definition it's something that's beyond any type of consciousness. Because consciousness is still a container. That's, that's what defines, in, in a way, the purpose of the world. There is a purpose there. The purpose beyond, beyond the purpose. The purpose beyond the purpose. That's the superconscious, the Ratsan of Ratsan. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you can't park. That's why That's already Ratsan. That's already Ratsan. You understood everything? Yeah, I just have one, one like, how is it, how is it, when somebody goes to the drum, it takes just like that, somehow the healing process, and inspiration, doesn't go like this. Excellent, excellent. Because the trauma usually happens, he's asking, why does trauma happen like this, and healing could take 20 years? It's a very deep question. Trauma happens like this. One event, he was five years old, boom. And healing takes him 20 years. The truth is, the healing happens as fast as the trauma happens. 
The 20 years is just to get to the point where he allows himself to get to the place of the trauma. Access. And the, the healing is like this. It says in Zoyah that real truva happens. The Gemara says in Avodah but Allah ben Derdaya, Yesh koina elamoi b'shah achas. Yeah? So there's a taich. There's a taich. It comes, I think, from the Magad, from one of the greats. Sha'ah, not an hour. Sha in Hebrew means a turn. Vayisha Hashem al Hevel. Aker, in Yiddish, Aker. Yesh koina b'shah achas. Yikoina yirod mit ein ker. It, it's one movement. It's one motion. That's true. The twenty years, yeah, is to is to be able to get to that place to open it up, because we invested so much in covering it to survive. That's what the time is. You understand? The problem is because trauma goes to the unconscious. Once it goes to the unconscious, the decisions as a result of trauma are unconscious decisions. You understand? So now what I have to deal with is not like what I'm doing consciously, that mela. Now I have to go back to the places of unconscious. That's why because the tzaddik never has to go to that place. He doesn't have to go to the rotsen le rotsen. He's good. But in order, in order to heal, you have to go back to the place that is beyond conscious. And once you do that, there's a whole new self that emerges. So, yeah. Not ein oimdim boy. Yechoylem. They can't. Yeah, so there's a taich in chsidus because it's It's capability. There's not even a capability for it. Because they're not tuned into that. So that's where the 20 years are. But the healing always happens in one moment. And usually you can identify the moment. You can identify the moment. So something just comes out. It's like an awareness. Or sometimes a person just breaks down. It's a moment. It's like you just know. It's, it's a moment. Yeah, there may be a process, you know, internalizing it and figuring out, etc., but it happens in a moment. The difference is the child absorbs it so fast because the child has an open passageway with the unconscious. You understand? He didn't leave it yet so much. That's why we leave the hair, the long hair, till upshenish. The hair is keser, yeah? The hair on the skull is keser, yeah? He's still in a state of keser. After three, you start structuring. The payas, payas is... Structuring Kesser down here into Pnimi, into the Yudgimel that's the Payas. You understand it's a structure. And this itself, there's two types of Payas. There's the, 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 these beautiful Payas, that's where you want Kesser to, to remain above. And then there's the Payas that go. They, they connect, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm Yeah, yeah. Because over there, the kavana was that the kester should go into Pnimi. Oh, so again, Chabad, again. Chabad, yeah, yeah. Chachu bin Adas, yeah. The Pnimi. 
and the, the other by the others for character was uh, less panim. It was more more makif. They liked more makif. Now makif is really much more powerful than panimi because it's makif. It's infinite. The challenge is that when the makif doesn't come into panimi, so it could remain very very uh, removed, elusive, intangible, and then and then it could, it could be it could be superficial. How do you access the superconscious? You pay attention to what? Hergation. Hergation. Okay, we'll be Mamshech and Mitzvah Mamalian Yeah, we call Soiviv higher and Mamali lower, but we don't mean we don't mean it in spatial terms. We just mean Soiviv is less filtered. It's less restricted. The teacher has to restrict his energy, he has to filter it. He has to condense it. He has to limit it. If he's trying to express himself in his full genius, he is not fulfilling his job. His job is symptom. His job is tuning in to the individual capacity of the student. It's all about that. Because he's trying to feed him. And the baby, you can't feed the baby steak. You have to give the baby baby food. You have to give the baby applesauce. You can't give the baby a big chunk of fish. Why? Chas v'shalom can have the opposite effect. Right? The adult, you can give bigger chunks of food. And the infant could drink only milk. You can't feed him. So that's the idea of food. It always has to be tailor-made, grinded, grinded and chewed over, relating to the student, relating to the child. And that's what Torah is. You have to give us, yeah, I ask for my part in the Torah. My part in the Torah is not your part in the Torah. Of course, we could learn the same Torah, yeah. but everybody has their chilek and Torah. It's like their food. One, one thing needs to be addressed more is uh, the mitzvahs and Torah. Because uh, you say Torah is a penis, it's redefines who you are. But uh, is it the maximum of the mitzvah that redefines you more? Or it's, uh... Oh, so the mice of the mitzvah affects the rotzer. <laughs> mice of the mitzvah relates to soivev, right? So soivev come we call higher. Higher doesn't mean there; it's higher. Higher means that the energy of the divine is less condensed. It goes through less filters because it's not the earth that has to become enclosed and um, manifested Restricted. within the vessel of the recipient, which is the definition of mamale. The mamale of a rock is a rock. <laughs> the divine energy has to become a rock. If it's not a rock, it's not fulfilling its purpose. You understand? And the divine energy of a blade of grass is a blade of grass. In science, it's the studies of chemistry on a molecular, molecular atomic level, what makes it up. But on a spiritual level, it's the divine energy within the atoms that make up the blade of grass, or make up, right, the the pebble, or the grain of sand, or the drop of rain, or the flake of snow, or the little, little rodent, the little ant, or the little mosquito, or the rhinoceros, buffalo, or elephant, or the angel in heaven, or the black hole. <laughs> All of its physical all of its physical properties are really spiritual properties. It's consciousness. It's divine consciousness. That's all mamale. There's always diversity. And th- this one gets baby food. 
This one gets adult food. And the food chain and the food web on a spiritual level is very, very <laughs> elaborate. The food chain is very elaborate. That's mamale. Saivav we call higher because the energy doesn't go through these filters, just like Ratzain. Ratzain doesn't lower itself. The military commander doesn't uh, condense his information to the point that it can be absorbed and internalized by the intellectual appreciation of the soldier. Huh? He doesn't do why we do it. He doesn't do why. In other words, he's not bringing it down. It's not going through that symptom. The teacher has to go. If the student says, why are you saying this? And he says, we don't ask why in class. Right? <laughs> You're not a teacher. What do we don't? Where should we ask why if not in class? That's the whole point. You'll say, you're too dumb to understand this. Well, then you're not a teacher. But if you want General Montgomery to start having a one-on-one with every soldier landing in Normandy and explaining the exact plan, it's, it's not only impossible because of practicalities, but it also it undermines the entire system of how it's going to work. It jeopardizes the plan. This guy has another vision. And we're not talking about if he's right or wrong. The soldier may one day be a general. That's not the point here. Just the point here is the systems that are put in place. The relationship. The way Hashem created our, org- our organisms, you have the same thing. You have those elements of communication that require the skillful cultivation of the various limbs and organs. Educated intelligence, yeah. You can't command your fingers. Because I want to become a painter. I want to become a pianist. I want to become Michael Jordan today. Very nice. <laughs> You may want to, but you have to have the ability, not only the will. You work on yourself when you did. And even if I learn everything and I read, I need the training, the physical training, partial training on the field, training at the piano, training with the canvas, training, training with the basketball, training with the dancing. It's training, training, training. Almost my feet have to become, my feet are students. And students have to absorb the shear, which is 10,000 hours of shiurim, of practice. You get it? Mm-hmm. The opposite of that. The opposite is soiviv. What's Rotson? The heart beats automatically. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's uh, innate intelligence. That's two concepts in chiropractic. Innate intelligence and educated and educated intelligence. intelligence. Yeah. 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 Rotson says this is what we're going to do. And that's what you do. And its relationship with you is not one that you have to internalize and bring down to your level. The Ratzin doesn't have to restrict itself, limit itself, condense itself, and apply itself to your individual capacity. It doesn't have to? It has to on some level that you should be able to appreciate the communication, but not understand it and internalize it. And it becomes part of you. And it becomes your identity. It doesn't have to become the identity of your finger. Where when I to become an artist, it has to actually, my, my fingers, so to speak, are transformed. They're different. You say he has magical fingers, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the same is true with carpentry, yeah, yeah. with the blacksmith, the goldsmith, yeah. the silversmith. Great chef, anything. The builder, the great chef. Yeah. Huh? Anything, yeah, like that. This metaphor about the artist is by the Rebbe Rashab. In his, uh, mm-hmm. in his memoriam known as Tofresh Ayin Beis, Hamshak Tofresh Ayin Beis, he explains Mamalik Laman and Sevakalman, he gives this metaphor. Wow. 
of the relationship, what he calls koiches pnimim, when you want to influence, right, the body in one way, versus the influence that comes from the power of Ratzai, which is called Makif, which retains its infinite status much more. It retains its sublimity. And its relationship with the rest of the body is one of bittal, rather than of transformation. They submit, rather than they are redefined based on their own kalim. In other words, Ratzai does not tailor itself to the limit of your keli. That's why it's called soivif. It encompasses the vessel. It overwhelms the vessel. Could be, and mamale fills the vessel. Mamale is, is, nurtures the vessel. It fits the vessel. Ratzin doesn't fit the vessel. Ratzin overwhelms that soivif. It overwhelms the vessel. The vessel surrenders to it. So the Ratzon would be, I want to learn Shas, and the other one is just actually learning. Yeah. I want to learn Shas, yeah. Gets me up in the morning. Sit down at the table. I have so many instincts, I want to run. I need that Ratzon, and it's willpower. But to learn, I have to understand. I have to learn line by line. 10,000 hours. And 10,000 hours, or whatever it is. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.